Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations with me. I appreciate you tuning in. And today we have with us an amazing, amazing person. Since we are almost starting this year, I want to bring you someone who is an expert at mindset. His his uh, specialty is mindset coaching. But without further ado, I would like to welcome Paul Fortune on the show today, and I'm really excited to have you here, talk about your journey, all the traumatic parts of your journey, and what you became and what you have become and continue your journey on forward um, as a result of all of that. So thank you for being on the show with us, Paul, and really appreciate um, you being here. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to come on, and uh, thank you for the platform that you're giving me to, to share my story with your audience. Uh, so. Yeah, so I'll just jump right in if you'd like. Yes, 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 please. So tell us uh, a little bit about you, who you are, what you do now, and then, you know, start with where you, what, what parts of your journey led you to you being here. Okay. Yeah, so I'm a mindset coach. And basically what that means to me is I help people improve their mindset so they're more productive at work, they're more present for their friends and family, and most importantly of all, they feel better on the inside because I think that's where it counts the most. Absolutely. Love it. So my journey to get to that point, actually, well, I guess it starts from everybody at birth, but it was a little bit different for me uh, because I was born with something called cerebral palsy. And if your viewers do not know what cerebral palsy is, it happens at labor. It's lack of oxygen to the brain during labor. And as a result of lack, lack of oxygen brain, uh, it can leave one side of your body paralyzed and, and affect your speech. And this is permanent. Yes. So apparently when the doctors uh, uh, were examining me, they thought my cerebral palsy was so severe that I would never be able to walk. And they told my mom that I should get used to being in a wheelchair. Mm. Well, 
thank goodness for a great mom. She just didn't run with that diagnosis. She got a second, third, fourth, fifth, finally found somebody that was willing to help me. Nice. And that's basically where my journey started with 10 years of physical uh, physical therapy pretty much every single day. Hmm. And I was able to defy the doctor uh, at three. I was able to walk, which was an wow. extreme feat. I mean, I really don't remember that, but obviously that's definitely a feat that I was yeah. able to walk. Yeah. Uh, but I do uh, remember being put into uh, soccer when I was about five years old. Hmm. And I remember uh, it was so hard for me. I, I, would, I was only able to run 25 to 50 yards when these other kids were running laps all around the, the soccer field right. and feeling so defeated because all I wanted to do was fit in with these other kids and I, I really couldn't. Right. And I went to my mom pretty much, uh, you know, three or four games in the season. And I go, this is no good. I, I can only run 25 to 50 yards. Uh, I don't want to play anymore. And my mom said to me, she goes, you know what, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's okay, but you need to honor your commitments. You signed up for this season, so you need to finish out that season. And after that, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, you don't have to. So that's what happened. I finished out the season, and I've never played soccer since. <laughs> Aww, see, it's so true. I, that, I, I have a similar short story to sign up about this. It's amazing how, you know, parents teach us the lesson of commitment because I my parents did the same thing with me in nutrition science. I signed up to do nutrition science, and I'm like, I hate this. I want to go to med school. And they were like, you need to honor your com commitments and finish what you started. And I'm like, but I hate it. So I finished and never did nutrition science again. So I have knowledge, so I'm glad that I yeah. have three years of knowledge to do what I need to do in terms of health and nutrition for my own life and, you know, for my immediate family. But I never I got so passionate about it. And then it led me into counseling. So I really, I, I, I relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you teach your kids that too. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, around uh, six or seven, I got my Second break, uh, I, I got surgery on my right foot to tighten up the tenants, to give me a little bit more spring in my step, mm -hmm. and it and to kind of take away the pain I was feeling when I, I was running. Mm -hmm. And I didn't test it out yet, uh, but I changed schools around that time, first grade or so. And I remember my first day of PE, physical education, uh, we did our stretches, and the teacher said, okay, guys, run a lap. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. Oh. I'm going to run 25 to 50 yards and these kids are going to see me and they're going to start to tease me because that's all I can run. Yes. And, but this time was different because of that surgery, the, 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 the part where I'm always stopping, yeah. I was able to keep going and I was, I was looking around at the other kids. I'm going, come on, Paul, you got this, bud. keep going. And I finished the lap with the other kids on the outside. I kept it cool. But on the inside, I was like, yes, yes, yes. The first time in my life where I just fit in, I didn't stand out like the other kids. Right. So that was tremendous. And yes, I would yes. tell you at that point, things did get easier for me, but they weren't easy. I changed schools again when I was in junior high. Mm. And that's a hard age for mm. kids. Absolutely. So when you're a new kid, coming into junior high, that's difficult. Yes. Coming in as a new kid and having a disability on top of it, that's, that's even harder. Hard. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, at that age, all you want to do is want to be accepted. All you want absolutely. to do is people be friends with you. And then people are just, you know, just from personal experience, Kids are vicious, you know, they don't know, they don't know any better. So sometimes they don't, they're not as accepting as they could be. And it's hard to make kids accept other kids, but that's a hard phase to figure all that out. And for the people going through it and the people who are sort of 
popular or bullying or, you know, not accepting, so to speak. Absolutely. It, you hit it on the head. It, it, it we just you just want to fit in. You do not yep. want to stand out at that age. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, but unfortunately, I did. You know, new kid. Who's this guy? He limps. He walk. You know, he hard, holds his right arm differently. You yeah. know, I, he's different than us. So I'm not accepting that. Right. And, and uh, so I was bullied, teased uh, quite a bit. Hmm. And then on top of that, um. I had to take a uh, assessment test to get into or uh, to see where I was at uh, high school level because uh, I was raised Catholic. My mom wanted me to go to a high, uh, Catholic high school, so that you have to take an assessment test to see what level they're going to uh, put you in. Sure. Apparently, I must have bombed the test because when I when I met with the principal with my mom, uh, she told me that uh, you know he, obviously he's not very intelligent. Uh, we're going to put him at the lowest level and. Uh, don't expect like he's going to be able to go to college. You know, oh, he'll, he'll have to go out and get a job after that because you know he's not college material. Okay. So I had Some the principal don't have a job, don't need a job being principals. I hear the yeah. phrase, and I just want to go. You're following a curriculum from 1920s. Let's really talk. You know what kids need these days in terms of schooling. I don't even want to get started about that, but that's <laughs> not right coming from a figure authority figure. Um, personally, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I had that I was wor- dealing with. I was bullied and teased. So like, I, you know, I, I would come home every day and I'd be crying in my room going, why me? Why do I have to be different? Why can't I just be one of the other kids? Right. And I don't know. I, I think I hit a breaking point probably about midway through eighth grade where I didn't want to be, I didn't want to feel the sad anymore. I didn't want to be angry anymore. I didn't want to be this victim. Right. So I thought to myself, what could I do to distract me from these feelings of, of, of being victimized and not feeling, you know, like one of the group. So at the time I really enjoyed baseball. So I went out and I said to myself, why don't I try to make my varsity baseball high school team? Okay. So from that point I played winter ball, spring ball, fall ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball against the wall. I'm doing that constantly. Wow. And the wonderful thing about this was I was changing my energy about myself, outgoing to other people. You know, I didn't know that at the time. My shoulders right. back, head forward. I was yeah. putting out a different energy. Yeah. You know, I was having more confidence in myself. And as a result, the kids picked up on this new energy that I was putting out. That's so instead of bullying and teasing me, they started rooting for me. So my junior high career was yeah. much different than my high school career just because of that transformation of going after that goal. Wow. And, and um, I'm – uh, happy to say I did make my varsity baseball team as a junior and a senior. Yeah. And, uh, and I felt really, really good about it. I felt accomplished about it. And then I thought to myself, okay, now, now, uh, you know, I'm out of high school. And I started to think about what that principal said to me when I was in eighth grade saying that I wasn't uh, a college material. And I thought to myself, why, you know what? A lot of people thought I could not play baseball at varsity level with somebody with cerebral palsy. So I thought, why don't I try to uh, change up the goal now and, and uh, do it for college. Right. So I, I enrolled in a junior college uh, and I was about a 2.0 student because in high school, because all I wanted to do was just stay eligible to play baseball. Right. I really you know, kind of mailed it in. I just kind of had that thought in the back of my head. Well, I'm not college material. So I try just, oh, just wow. do enough. 
just do enough. Just the self-limiting belief that yeah. we're building you by that principle. And it's amazing. Yeah. I want to really talk about that in a second, but yes, oh. please keep going. Love you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, so that, yeah, so I, I was a 2.0 student. So I, I, I jumped it up to 3.5 at a junior college, transferred to Cal State Fullerton, you know, did, did really well there, graduated. I so wanted to go back to that principal and say, see, <laughs> see, you didn't know. But, but I, you know, I didn't want to do that, you know, because like perspective, you but know what? I gave you motivation. Exactly. It gave me the motivation. So in a, in a weird way, I should thank her for, for giving me this motivation. I don't know if I would have went after it as hard as I did. And, and end up in, in your trajectory of things, unfortunately. I really hope that people that are listening to this are inspired by this and look at some of the really bad or, you know, tragic tragic things or adversities that they've been through as a result of what people said or as a result of how they perceived what people said can really lead us down the rabbit hole and you know i'm just I, i hope that that's one message that people take away from your story if not anything else that you mentioned that you know, it's like you use because it was amazing what you did in terms of, you know, I, I really like and especially with the show, I'm very big on not feeling victim and feeling like someone who is thriving in life and the mindset of all of that. Because, again, you know, sometimes it's really easy when we are feeling in the midst of just the worst things ever in life when we are suffering with so much pain. It's easy to succumb to that and just accept that and to be your life and to be your, you know, um uh, life path, but I really, really, really am excited to hear that you really took that, turned that around and said, you know what? And like you said, at that age, who knows, you just started, started throwing balls and, you know, you just wanted to, you geared your anger and the pain that you felt as a result of all of that into something that ended up being so beautiful and becoming so athletic about it. Yeah, I, I yeah, appreciate you saying that because it, it was hard. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, with clients that I work with, you know, they bring up things that happened to them in kindergarten. So yeah. what you say happens when you're a kid, you it, it holds on to you. So it's very important. It, it, it instills in your subconscious. And a lot of times we don't even realize I lately created this freebie on, you know, the self limiting beliefs and how you can subconsciously reprogram your brain, um, uh, how to do that. I'll put that in the show notes, but it's just amazing how certain times we limit ourselves from success and from, you know, work or, you know, partnerships or relationships or love or romance or, you know, career or just abundance based on where we pick up some of these limiting beliefs in our lives. And it becomes so autopilot because it's in our subconscious that we really have to sit down and look at it as in, you know, certain times when we keep getting the same results over and over. I, I am very big on life is the only place where we get the lessons after the test, you know, we keep getting the same tests over and over till we pass it. Maybe that was the lesson that you were supposed to get. And because of that, where did you end up and where are you now? Which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. So I graduated high school yeah. and I have no life experience whatsoever. I have right. no idea what the heck I want to do, do with myself. Do any of us have any like self experience at high <laughs> exactly. school? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't, we don't. Known to develop till we are 27 year old, like yeah. a <laughs> part of our brain, which is the thinking, the decision. So a lot of times college kids will come and tell me, you know, in their 20s, it's like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm like, hold on to your horses till you're 27. Your brain doesn't completely know. Not that you don't want to know what you're doing in life, but it's just, that's a difficult age to know what you want to do. 
Oh, wholeheartedly. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had a a family friend who was pretty successful in the mortgage industry. He said, why don't you try doing that? I go, I'll give it a shot. So for for a long time, I was really, really good at it, really good at sales and and talking with people, uh, building rapport. And then 2008, 2009 hit and uh, the economy just changed. That was another one of those COVID history kind of thing. (laughs) Yep. 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 So uh, after that, the uh, they put a lot of these regulations on us, and some of it rightfully so, but some of it, I think, a little over the top. Like I had to say my mortgage license number every time I spoke to somebody. Oh wow! And and uh, they would have these secret shoppers that would that would call me to make sure that I was doing that right. And if I didn't do it, I get in trouble. And if I did it enough, I could get fired. Oh, so wow. I wasn't even thinking about the client anymore. I was thinking. Oh, did I say my mortgage license number? Did I say that? Did I say that? So I wasn't even listening to what the client was. I just didn't want to get fired. Right, right, right. Wow. So I was really losing the luster of doing it. And I remember about six years ago, this motivational speaker came to talk with our sales team and he blew me away. He was so awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so after the meeting, I went to a point to talk with him and say, hey, you did a great job. And I was able to pick his brain a little bit. And he told me he started as a life coach. I'm like, life coach? What the heck is a life coach? Right. And he told me what he did. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's what I want to do. So I got my coaching certificate. You know, for a while, I was doing both the coaching and, and the mortgaging. And uh, I made the leap of faith. Now to just do the mortgaging. And now I'm here on this beautiful podcast talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. What a journey. See, and that's the part that I, I really want to share with people in terms of hope. You know, it's like when you, like your story, wow. It's like you started out with cerebral palsy, like you said, and you know, it's like, and I've worked in my younger days when I first started my career, I was working for a non profit that, you know, served people who had, who were mainly on mental retardation, um, either cerebral palsy or autism or other um, other psychi- other mental disorder as a result of mental like co- co-occurring disorder with um, mental retardation. So I had had a, a chance to work with the population with cerebral palsy and I wanted you know if anyone listening out there ha- it has a kid cerebral palsy or with you know has children with cerebral palsy it's a spectrum. It's not you know it, it looks very different for different people and how how it starts for people and what you can still accomplish as a result I have another lady she's also a um, fellow podcaster and at some point I'm about to record her but she also suffers from a very severe cerebral palsy but yet she has a very hardcore you know community of people who are cheering rooting and very successful it's is that when Charles yes 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 yeah, yes yes <laughs> I, I was on, I was on her podcast she's a oh. tremendous woman Yes. So it's amazing how, you know, people can start somewhere in life or can end up somewhere in life, but it's about the mindset that you, it's your mindset, how you can shift your perspective, how you can let go of some of your, um, you know, self-limiting beliefs that you pick up in life and still live the life that you're loving, feeling passionate about, thriving in and helping others and impacting others. So really you're a true story of what sort of my podcast stands for. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. I really yeah. appreciate you being here um, and talking to us about that. So tell us a little bit about self-limiting beliefs in terms of your mindset. You know, uh, I want to pick your brain on self-limiting beliefs. Well, 
it all starts with our mind, right? I mean, we tell ourselves things that we would not tell our enemies sometimes. You know, we see these horrible things about ourselves. Yep. So what and we wouldn't say tell our enemies, but we tell ourselves these things. Why do we do that? Exactly. And I think that's where it starts. We start to give these false truths. And and I want to tell you they're false truths. Oh, that I'm I'm this, I'm that, I'm the, you know, and just just beating yourself down to yep. the point where you don't even want to try. Right. And and that's that's the awareness piece of it. You got to be aware that you these negative things are coming in your head and go, wait a minute, wait just a darn minute here. I am not that. I am not that. I am not that. Don't don't you tell me that. I am going to tell you what I really am going to do. Right. And once you start to change your thinking, yep. it, it really will start to uh, have an impact in your life. And the easiest way to start with with this is 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 uh, gratitude and perspective. Yes. Don't focus on the things you don't have. Focus on the things that you do have. What is going right in your life right this moment? Yep. And by just doing that practice alone, that will put you in the in the best stage to have a good day. I, I tell my clients this before you uh, turn when you wake up in the morning, before you turn on the television, turn the radio on or wake check up your with phone. your phone and social media. Exactly. Yeah. All before you do any of that nonsense. I shouldn't yes. say nonsense. It before is you start your we yeah. start our day, because then sometimes depending on who we associated with, like my work account, and I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. No worries. Yeah. But my work account or my social media, or at this point, the only way social media serves me, because I went down that rabbit hole, waking up to social media, being addicted to my phone. And, you know, like we all do at some point yeah. of our life. And at this point, I have in my accounts, it's all about positivity or it's all about growth and it's all about resilience, all the other, you know, coaches or therapists or psychiatrists or all the people that I follow as a part of my work and just as a part of the, my new journey on social media. I wake up to like a boost of positivity once I do my morning routine and my meditation and all of that. That's what I wake up to with my social media. But most of the time, we don't wake up to that. We wake up to, oh, she's looking so happy in our in her picture, or they're looking so happy or great, and I'm not, and all this lack and all this, you know, comparison and all this negativity and what's not happening compared in our life compared to what's happening in other people's lives. That's what nor normally social media has become these days. Absolutely. And that's that's why I tell my clients when you wake up in the morning. Wake up about a few minutes earlier before you start your morning routine and start to think about things that are that are going well in your life, whether it's, uh, you know, a good spouse, a good friend, you know, your, your sense of humor, a great job, whatever that is for you. Think about that. And that will help you be intentional to start your day on the right foot. Because then you'll start to point out positive things that are going in your day. You could get something on your phone saying, oh, I got a free coffee. Oh, the day sticks getting better and better because you're pointing it out. You're pointing it out. And if you do that, you're going to have way more good days than bad. Now, I'm not living in a fantasy world where you're not going to have bad days. Life happens, right? Yep. And I will never tell anybody to suppress their feelings. If they're angry and they're sad, we're all human beings and we have a right to, to feel these feelings. But after a while... You're going to say to yourself, I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't want to be angry anymore. And once you're at that point, that's that awareness piece. And then that's when you can bring in the gratitude to yes. change your mood. 
So Thank I mean, that is so practice. much for mentioning as a man, I should say, because again, <laughs> I tout about feelings and emotions. And I, you know, I was just actually talking to one of my teenager youth niece today, and she's about to do a TED youth talk for her school in India. And awesome. her is teens, youth and feelings. And uh-huh. I was like, wait a second. So I was guiding her with, you know, her TEDx speech. And one of the things we were talking about was we, we use the term emotions and feelings so interchangeably, but they're not. Emotions are at a very subconscious level, whereas feelings are very, you know, based on our perception of things. Um, so there is a depth to that. But what you said, like in, in terms of ge- gender, you know, we grow up in a society or we're raised or we raise our children in a society where if you're a man, you know, you man up, like, you know, one of the fellow podcasters, um, Rich yeah. talks about. And it's just that our culture is to not, in, you know, focus on feelings with men. And like you said, if we don't, if we suppress or if we raise our children with not knowing, emotions are a way for our body alerting us that something is going on in our body. We're raised with don't feel weak, don't cry, don't feel sad. We're just supposed to be angry, not angry, and just be happy or good or fine all the time. And what you also said really struck with me because we cannot be that all the time. It's impossible to be happy, okay, fine all the time. It is almost abnormal. So you're so right that, you know, the idea is not to feel great all the time. The idea is just to very successful people have very mindsets that you are asking to cultivate and teaching is that allow yourself to be aware and to be emotionally intelligent where you are aware of what's going on with your feelings or emotions. So you know how to manage them. And even if it's not good, it's okay, but you know how to channel them and do something about it. A lot of people, you know, I think we're, we, we, as a society don't focus on, we focus so much on intelligence and IQ. We don't focus on EQ and emotional intelligence part of that and how important that is in terms of mindset and success and abundance and just, you know, living glass from a living life from a glass half full as opposed to glass half empty mindset. Yeah, you know, and we, we tend to rag on the younger generations, the millennial generation, the Gen Z about all kinds of stuff. But they're, they're really good about expressing their feelings. And, and we got to give them a, a, a plus for that. Because yep. I feel like this new generation of, of men and women, yes. they're, they, they're able to express their feelings as opposed to generations in the past where, where yep. you were talking about we're saying yep. man up. And that's, yep. that's from those gen- earlier generations yep. that yep. a man's supposed to be tough and, you, you know, and everything right. like that. And these new generations are, are, are breaking those barriers. So that, that's a really good thing to see. Uh, because, you know, when I, I talk with different clients, I, I kind of see that the younger clients tend to be a little bit more open of, of their emotions. As, as opposed to the older generations, they have great uh, techniques too. But one thing that they have a hard time doing is expressing their feelings. They will do it. 100% they'll do it. They just have to feel a little bit more comfortable to do it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more because I think it's really important that, you know, uh, and noticing that change. And that's one of the reasons like my my audience, I think, happens to be between, you know, the ages of 25 to 45 or above. Um, not so much above because then, you know, that and I'm very big on intergenerational trauma and, you know, epigenetics of things. So I'm really glad to hear you say that, that at this point, people are becoming more emotionally aware and intelligent about things. But um, it's really important to know that, you know, emotions are not a bad thing. It's just that 
that we express them, we feel them, we are able to better process them, and we are able to become and do something about them instead of keeping them in and storing them in and, you know, going down in a path that we that leads us nowhere and the repetitive overthinking cycle that just keeps us down. Yeah, and it's a constant battle, right? It's a it's a day-to-day battle. Yep. If you feel like you have it mastered, you're in trouble yep. because nobody has it mastered. We yes. constantly have to exercise this every single day. Yep. Because yep. if you let your guard down, you will go down a rabbit hole. So you got to be conscious of, of this every single day. And get and and you know what? And give yourself grace. Yes. You know, every day is not going to be roses and sunshine. Give yourself that, that grace. You know, and you know what? I'm not feeling so good today, but that's okay. Let me yes. let me let me eat eat some potato chips and sit on the couch for a second and and re- recharge the battery. Just a chocolate and a you know something. Yeah, else. whatever. Something yeah. In a day. That, yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm yeah. So glad you mentioned that. That's a part of mindset change too, because in the beginning, you know, just like that, it's like, and I like to give this example in terms of subconsciousness setting, um, and you know, the science and the brain part of it. That in the beginning, you know, they say that the first three years of life are the hardest most difficult years of life. Thank God we don't remember half the things that happens then. (laughs) But, you know, it's like we learn the most amount of things in the first three years with the brain capacity that we have. After that, we just sort of build on some of the things that we already have learned because we we form new neurons. Um, It's like just the skill of getting up and walking is such a hard lesson at that part of when your brain is not even completely developed. So just getting up to walking is such a big skill And, you know, it's like when we first learn how to walk or when we first learn how to ride a bike or when we first learn how to swim or drive, it's like those skills took time to develop, you know. So once they're there, it's on autopilot. It's not like you just sit in your car, you go half the time. I don't even remember how I got to my destination. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. On autopilot. And I think it's very similar in terms of mindset change, where, you know, once you want to develop certain habits or certain skills or certain mindset, it's it's a repetitive, consistent process. And even with that, it's like, you, you know, you don't go to you get you don't get a six pack by going to the gym once you have to keep going at it, even if it's like a two or three times a day for five minutes, even or three times a week that you are like this or you're trying to change change takes time. So you just have to be patient and know that, you know what, if this is not working for me, what am I doing, but doing consistently so that this gets etched in my subconscious and replace the things, the neurons that were firing so hardcore because I was in that habit unknowingly, just like you want to create that habit and, you know, have your new neural networks develop and fire. You have to keep setting them in motion and then it just becomes autopilot. Like at this point, I don't have to remind myself to be positive. I was down the rabbit hole in the suicidal mode a long time ago, but Mm -hmm. I had to make that conscious effort to be like, you know what? Hmm. Uh, this is not working anymore. And I refuse to live like this. If I'm here, I might as well make it big, you know, on this planet. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a lot of work in the beginning. But that's what we have to do. If we want change, if we want success, things don't just come easily, uh, like we want, unfortunately, sometimes. I'm curious, you mentioned that you had a a rough go of it for a bit. And I'm sure that you have some triggers now, you know, I know that you've overcome a lot. When you have these triggers, what do you do to overcome those triggers? So I just like you said, one of my biggest things that I do is I recognize I don't resist it. I don't suppress it. I recognize that I have these triggers. 
And I allow myself and I, I, I said, I'm one of those people who have said like journaling and, you know, affirmations or, you know, um, I, meditation and my bigger things that I want. And then there's a, this deep visualization meditation that I do where I do this mental movie of all the things that I do as a result of my trigger. I notice what happens in my body and how I feel when certain things are happening, because we definitely store our triggers, not just in our brains, but in our body. And then I allow myself to watch another mental movie where I watch what, how I want to react and feel instead of feeling what I do feel. So then I watch that mental movie. And then as a result of that, I change my behaviors of what I'm normally like there, there were times with my son, it, it took a lot of patience and I'm just like, Oh, I'm not the most patient person. I want things and I want them now. And he's yeah. too, he can hardly, you know, keep up with me. And I had to learn not to get angry and explode. But then instead I wanted to feel like I'm his teacher and I'm more tolerant and more patient. So I had to go over this mental movie. And when I do my meditation in this mental movie technique, where I'm just like, okay, these are the things that bother me. These are the things that I get explored about all the different things. I write them down. And over time, it just gets bigger and bigger. And I notice them more and more. And then I watch, okay, these are the times that I do want to feel and I feel them. I allow myself to completely be in that space, because our mind can't tell the difference between reality and imagination. So you know, it's like there were there was a study done. Uh, I'll just give you a quick study where there was a study done uh, where if you do if you move your hands like in do, you know how you have a stress ball and you mm-hmm. uh, form a fist. Mm-hmm. They did a study and they did a mental imagery. You know, doing fMRI in people um, that were control group and there were the people that you know were actually doing their stress ball you know, hand activity and then they me- measured the parts of the brain that um, show and even the muscles that you see as a result of them just you know build putting their palms in a fist um, and the group that was just mentally doing that, they found no difference um, in the people who were just mentally doing that versus people who were actually doing that. So you can actually change your behaviors as a result of just mentally being there first um, instead of getting there. Because a lot of times we go, oh, when I get there, when I'm patient, well, if I don't teach myself <laughs> patience, I'm not going to get there all of a sudden, you know? So I have to teach myself that. I have to teach my brain that. I have to teach, build new connections that teaches my brain that. And as a result, I get there. So I don't know if I answered your question. You definitely did. And that's, that's a great technique. That's a great exercise that you do do. And it, it brings me to another point that yes. uh, what you talk about the, that action piece, right? There's not going to be a billboard that says, uh, okay, this is the right time to start go now. It's right? never going to be that way. <laughs> we're all going to, we're going to have to start uncomfortable, right? We're going to yes. have to go, okay, you know what? I want to do this. Okay. Yes. What's the first step, right? And just make yes. a baby step, make a step, yes. right? And then yes. keep going. Okay. And once you accomplish whatever that step is, go, you'll feel good about yourself. Okay. I got this test. What's my next one? And keep yes. building and building and enjoying it, right? Enjoying yes. that journey. I yes. think a lot of people that I talk to, you know, in their forties, you know, they're, they're, you know, quote unquote successful, right. but they burned, they burned their thirties. They burned them yep. because yep. they were just yep. so focused on this goal, not focusing on anything else. And then they look back in their life and go, Whoa, how, where did the time go? I didn't really travel. I didn't really this. I'm so focused on this one thing. I really just kind of was on autopilot with everything else. And, so glad you mentioned yeah, that because yeah. I definitely am very, and that's one of the reasons when, you know, the goal of my podcast was, it's like when I say being the best version of yourself, 
I meant absolutely in a holistic sense, as in, you know, a lot of times we are so focused on one part of our life that all the other categories or the, um, you know, identities of our life get compromised. So there are people who are very, quote unquote, successful, like you said, um, you know, financially, but then they're burnt out in terms of health. They're burnt out in terms of, you know, their spirit. And then what's the point of having all this money and not being able to travel or being there for your family or balancing that, you know? So I, 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 I even when I help people, you know, in, in, in my um, private practice, when we set goals or, you know, just my wellness coaching idea has been focusing on your physical health, on your mental health, on your intellectual health, where you're learning new things, learning new skills, because we can never stop growing, right? It's it's just, it's not like, oh, we got done. So I never want to study again. It's like, you can always improve in new areas of your life that you didn't know about or learn about. Like you said, with mindset, it's like learning new mindset is a skill in itself. You know, so it's like learning, like intellectual life, your emotional life, your hobbies, your social relationships or your friends, you know, all of those, your career and your finances, all of those things have to be in harmony, right? But how many of us actually sit and live and think about and work towards, like we say that, you know what, all of these areas of my life need to be in balance or in harmony. We don't. We get so carried away either with that end job that we're in or, you know, the bad relationships that we're stuck in or whatever it might be for people, but we get stuck. Yeah, we, we definitely do. And, uh, you know, and there's never going to be that perfect balance, right? Sometimes we have to focus more on one thing and exactly. other times we focus on the other. Right. And 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 we shouldn't have to worry about, oh, you know what, I'm not focused that, oh, I better, you know, no, no, worry, no. But it's about enjoying as in exactly. you know, my day. Like for me, I de- I've designed my day or my week. It's not like I go to the gym every day, but three times a week is good for me. Mm-hmm. So you have to find the right balance for you and be consistent in incorporating all of those areas in your life throughout your entire week, you know, so one day at a time, it's not, you can do every, all of those things in one day, we all have 24 hours, but it's up to us to maximize the potential of that 24 hour. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one day could be more of this one day could be more of that, but exactly. you know, it's but just like about said, being actions, organized because we yeah. keep thinking about it and don't take actions that doesn't get us results. But then if we keep thinking and worrying about the actions, but don't become aware of what's wrong, then then we get, then we feel stuck. So. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And it all comes back to ourselves, right? Feeling good about ourselves. Yep. And if, if we're not feeling good about ourselves, then we can't help anybody else. I always like to use that analogy. When you get on a plane, the the flight attendant says, make sure you put on your yes, oxygen mask before you help anybody out. Yeah, right. Because yes, if yes. you, if you're not right, there's no way you're going to help anybody else. Absolutely. So you got to make sure you're right. Yeah. You know, and it all starts with, you know, you know, self-love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it takes a lot of time to get to that place of self-love. But like you said earlier, it's a it's a baby step each day forward. It's not like all of a sudden one day you just get there and be like, yes, you know what? I love myself so much, you know, <laughs> no. after you've been through so much pain and I laugh now and you laugh now. But we both know how much pain we went through to get to a place where we we're just like, this is not working anymore. I don't yeah. care. You know yeah. what? I'm going to make a conscious effort to change and do something and find that self-love and get to a place, like you said, you know, it's like where I, I 
truly in all of its sense, except the term, you know, self-care is not selfish and I'm going to take care of myself first, not in a narcissistic way, but take care of myself so I can be present for others. You can't pay a poor from an empty bucket, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm truly really glad that you mentioned that because it's so important that with each baby step forward, we, whatever self-care looks for you. And to me, it's not just, you have to take bubble baths and have massages to have (laughs) self-love, you know? Um, Sounds good, though. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not possible every day. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and, then it's good in terms of physical sense of the, you know, the physical aspect of our body that I was mentioning earlier. But your spirit, your mental health, your mental wellness, your emotional wellness, it needs you to take care of yourself and truly just be in the moment, enjoy what you're doing feel passionate about whatever it might be, not all the time, but at least some parts of your day, like you said, you wake up feeling grateful for little things that we do have instead of the big things that we don't. Yep. It's all about perspective, having perspective on your life. That is the key is just think about what I have because you're like, you were talking about earlier about, you know, the social media and comparing yourself to other people. Don't do that. The only thing we can do is be the best version of ourselves. Don't worry about what Mary or John's doing because you, you, you don't know where their starting line is and you don't know where the finish line is. It's different from you. Most of the people I work with, they look all great, happy, high functioning. I mean, there's nothing wrong on the outside, but on the inside, very difficult life phase, very difficult So we don't know what's going on really behind the pictures. We don't know what's going on inside the person's head when those pictures are taken. We don't know how those family operate in those day-to-day life. It was just a one-second general overview to impress the world and ourselves for that moment. But that's not reality. Unfortunately, we accept that to be our new reality. And we think everybody is so happy on Facebook. I haven't changed my Facebook profile picture in like six months. Yeah, I was happy then. But am I still really happy? You know, is the question to ask. But we don't ask those questions to people in reality or in real life. And we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So I really love that you mentioned that perspective is so important in knowing that when we start comparing ourselves to other people, hey, we don't know. Yeah. What's what's that saying? I hope your life is as good as it is on Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because it all looks great on Facebook, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I make a joke about that because the whole um, social dilemma movie on Netflix, uh, it's a documentary about, you know, the social um, media world and what it's doing to our generation and our culture and the generations after us. And it's just amazing how the suicide rates have gone up like 170 preteen suicide rates have gone up 171% and teen suicide rates have gone up 72% in the Gen Z generation. So that that's alarming. If we don't teach our kids that about emotions, if we don't teach our kids and our future generations about some of these mindset and the perspectiveness of things, and that can be very difficult and detrimental when we accept, oh, likes and loves from all these people who are just as unhappy as you are, but think, oh, everybody's doing great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the b- bottom line is don't worry about what other people are doing on social media. Just worry about yourself and just be the best version of yourself you could be. Yes. 
Thank you so much. I could talk to you forever. I love having you on. And um, I want to end with, uh, actually not end, because I still want to uh, have you share with us uh, what uh, where people can find you. So please tell us a little bit about where people can find you and all the links. And all. I'll, I'll mention all of that in my show notes, but just so that my uh, listeners can know where, where you can be found. Well, thank you for asking me that. Yes, of course. The easiest way to get in touch with me is on my website, a call to action.coach. And on there, you can book an appointment with me, or I even have my cell phone on there. So you can even set up an appointment, you know, by calling me. And I do a free consultation for 30 minutes to get a feel for each other, to see for a right fit. And if we are, we get to work. If not, uh, and you feel like there's another coach that might be better. I, I have other coaches that I work with that may may suit your personality better. So um, I, I think, I, you know, I know this is a business and I know I have to make money, but I don't, you know, I want I want results for, for the clients. So if I feel like I'm not the right fit and I feel another coach would be better, I will, I will, I will present that because oh, awesome. I feel like I'm not going to do well if, if I'm not being authentic to myself and what I can provide. Oh, I love that. Um, and it's a, as in a call yeah. to action, right? Just to make sure. Correct. Um, dot coach. Yep. Dot coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then if you like, uh, if you like podcasts, like I know you guys do, cause you're listening to this one, <laughs> you can check out, uh, actions, the limits, uh, where, where our message is, if you believe you can achieve. Oh, awesome. Okay. So if people need another boost of, uh, energy and mindset, um, learning and coaching and listening, then please, please, please do listen to, um, Paul's podcast as well. But, um, I want to end with this since, uh, the, I remember this quote and I read this in a Dan Harris book. It was about, um, happiness and he, uh, really good writer. I picked up this book on my way to somewhere on an airport. I was recommended it. And it was one of those, um, Paulo Coelho kind of a book. And he talks about, when you said, you know, something along the lines of if instead of comparing yourself to other people, how can you be 10% better than you were yesterday? You know, in, you don't have to be your 100% best self because it's not the end of the of your life just yet. Um, <laughs> but how can you be your 10% better self than you were yesterday? So I really take that very to heart and I try to live life like that. And I really uh, hope that that sticks with some of you guys because it, it it's important that we look into ourselves, we become better versions of ourselves as we keep going through life and have fun in life because it's too short. Um, so thank you so much for being here with us today, Paul. I really enjoyed this. And I wish that, you know, um, if you guys like what you hear, please uh, rate and review our show. Send us, you know, I love hearing from you guys. So send me your um, feedback on gpatel at gpatelcounseling.com. I always love hearing from you. And thank you for tuning in. And I will catch you next time.